This is Irish Illustrated Insider with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. I'm Tim Priester. It's Monday, July 1st. Quite a bit has happened uh, in Notre Dame recruiting, a little bit of team news uh, in the last couple weeks here. Jay Brunel joins Notre Dame. Landon Bartleson joins Notre Dame. But first, let's talk about Aaron Banks, Notre Dame's starting left guard. Uh, we were a little caught off guard with news that he had minor foot surgery. You know, what, what do they say? It's minor when it's not your foot. Um, but that was the way it was described to Irish Illustrated, minor foot surgery. Maintenance was a word that was used. Precaution was a, year, a word that was used. But Aaron Banks had surgery, and we'll see how quickly he recovers now. It's it's a big guy and a small bone. You know, it's it, it's something that would concern me if I was Notre Dame, regardless if it's minor, precautionary, or... Um, <clears throat> You know, just sort of whatever quick, term a, you a want to use to yeah. make it sound like it's not bad. That's, I mean, the fact that it was sort of reported as he'll be fine for camp is means he's not fine right now. Um, so that's you know, it's a recovery process for a big guy who needs to be in really good shape, um, and he won't be able to really condition a whole lot. Um, so, you know, is this going to change? Well, I think Notre Dame is going to win X games, and now I'm going to subtract one. No, but. You know, it's just it's just something that I think we'll all be keeping an eye on once we get to Culver in August. Have a good backup. Um, maybe had the best spring of all backups, Josh Lug, but uh, you know he's the he's the best backup guard, the best backup center, and maybe the best backup tackle. So if he's already in there. Yeah, you don't want any more injuries going into right. August, in no. August. I mean, the problem with the problem in saying all that, and I agree with you because I mean, clearly he's the first guy in. Uh, but I think Aaron Banks has a chance to be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, with, with, had yeah, like yeah really, I mean, right. I mean, you player. know, a real upper echelon player, and that doesn't mean that he won't be. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I agree with both you guys. It's a concern. Uh, it's good to hear from Notre Dame's camp that it's not serious. But proof is in the pudding, and we'll know a little bit. You know, and, and it does hurt, Pete. There's no doubt. I mean, when you don't, July is an important conditioning month. It's an right. extremely I mean, it's important like 3, conditioning 325. month. Yeah. A, well, I mean, it'd be one thing if we. It accurately have not been spending a lot of time over last year talking about what a great offseason program Matt Bayless has, and now Aaron Banks isn't really doing that. Right. So that's that's something. Well, he can still do upper body, right. of course, and that and that helps. And they and Notre Dame, and that's one thing about Matt Bayless, they do a great job of continuing the conditioning that they can do. Yeah. They don't shut them down completely. Now on the recruiting front, Notre Dame lost Jalen McMillan, the wide receiver that things seem to be looking up on um, for Notre Dame, but he's going to Washington. Uh, Landon Bartleson, the cornerback, verbally committed to Notre Dame. We will be waiting to hear from Caleb Offord on July 4th, Thursday. But in the process, Notre Dame added Jay Brunell. Then we can talk about Kane Barron here in a second because he's 2021. But Jay Burrell, Brunell. Um, You're going to be calling him Jay. I'm going to call, No, I'm going to be calling Brunel. him Sam Brunell. Sam Brunell. Uh, okay. Which I think yeah. I already have. That was the former, Mark Brunell. No, yeah. Sam Brunell. Uh, Jay Buner. Uh, Female basketball player at Notre Dame for those that aren't. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. uh, I won't that's be calling what, him that. Don't right? Worry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I may have said that previously. But Jay Brunell, we've ta- we talked about him on the last last podcast. Um, we wouldn't be talking about him if Jalen McMillan committed ver- verbally committed to Notre Dame. That's just the reality of it. Uh, I've done a film review on him. I think he's a good player. I don't see why he couldn't have some success in Notre Dame. But the fact is that. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't be on this roster, at least not as a scholarship player, had Jalen McMillan chosen Notre Dame instead. I totally agree with everything you said. I mean, Jalen McMillan was part of the dream wide receiver yep. class scenario that in Jordan Johnson and Xavier Watts and you know AJ Henning was sort of your bonus recruit if they got him. He committed to Michigan. 
Um, you know, the McMillan thing is interesting because I'm always sort of curious about when Notre Dame kind of reads a prospect wrong. That, you know, and, and that's whether the prospect told them I'm coming or you're number one or not, which I think was sort of the case with Jalen McMillan. Um, they they just were not in the position they thought they were with Jalen McMillan. It caught them off guard. That doesn't happen a lot. It happens sometimes, so it's sort of interesting when it does. Um, you know, and then Jay Brunel seemed like he was probably going to go to Michigan uh, before going back to Notre Dame after feeling like he was going to go to Notre Dame initially. But, um, I mean, the I'm curious to see where, when he gets to Notre Dame, how he deals with sort of the, the compete level that is here, because he certainly is not facing that on a weekly basis in New England. Um, Notre Dame's a different world in that way, as Michigan would be too. But, um, I, yeah, look, at, at Michigan, I think that Jay Brunel probably looked at it as like, well, Oliver Martin was there for about 10 minutes and then transferred to Iowa. Because what's different from Iowa to playing at Michigan? The compete level. Um, Jay Brunel's kind of a similar uptick once he comes to Notre Dame, and there's going to be, all right, I'm on the roster with Keys and Austin and Lindsey and, you know, Jordan Johnson. Like, yeah, that's – I mean, that – it's just a different level I mean, of athlete even, here. And Wilk, Wilkins is too. I think he's legit. He's he four five six. I think he's and we talked about this before we started recording. I think he's legit four five six straight ahead. Right. He's not a guy with a lot of wiggle. He's very strong. He wins a lot of fifty fifty balls like a true W receiver. Except he's the size of it more like an, an X. The height. Yeah. The height. Yeah. I, I think he's. I think he's very strong. At this stage. And if he could be 6'3", 210, well, he's much whatever, 6'2", 200 right now. If he can grow in, in the strength and conditioning program at 6'3", 210, he'd be a productive player. Because I think, I mean, sometimes strength and the ability to use your body can be really underrated as you get older in a program. But I wouldn't expect, Pete mentioned all those so- current sophomores, he's not going to come in and beat out those guys. It's the next wave of guys he'll compete right. with and try to beat out. He, he is not coming in and beating out five or four. It'll be four juniors probably next year. Michael Young. Jordan Johnson, there's that's not what he's gonna have to beat out. It's it's the future. And I, I do think it's good that he I mean, he's he's a pretty accomplished player. It's just boy, the one thing when you watch his film, he runs and cuts and he's open sometimes, and that's not yeah. how the world is. You know, it, yeah. it, it seems effortless for him right now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Landon Bartleson's a guy that, you know, I mean, we can sit and speculate. Really good athlete. Uh, you know, he he does have some wiggle. But he's played running back his whole life, yeah. and he's got to. Be, he either has to play corner, he possibly could say play safety, as well. I think he's a really good athlete. Beyond that, I think it's very difficult to project. Uh, that's where you have to kind of trust what the coaches say and have seen in you know at Notre Dame or in camp settings. That is exactly what Notre Dame's cornerback yeah. recruiting philosophy is right now. Sort of, um, I, I would. It's not by choice. It's because this is the position that they're in. They have to project because they haven't been able to figure out how to get four-star corners to come aboard. Um, hmm. Is that going to work? I don't know. But um, they their approach, and I will give them credit for being deliberate about it, is like, we like, your, we like your tape. However, you need to come to campus, and you need to work out, and then we will make a decision. That's how it is worked with Bartleson and the kid they got from New Jersey. Um, you know, Caleb Offer commits at the end of the week. He will have been here twice. Um, but his film shows that. Awesome. Yeah, but I think just, you know, uh, Will Nixon, if he ends up in the class in yeah. the corner, also has come uh, mm-hmm. and taken his official visit already. That's, that's just sort of where Notre Dame sees itself as a, as a program recruiting corners. They they have to project. 
but they want to get their hands on you before they, they're not just going to make a blind projection off a highlight tape. I think, you know, Pride obviously is a different animal and Vaughn has four stars, but this is the list of three-star corners just because I did the DB review of Brian Kelly's tenure. And I do think Bartleson's a better athlete than some of these guys, and that's the important thing because when you're trying to develop someone, but we're just going to read them down. Spencer Boyd, Low Wood, Ashton White, Nick Coleman. If you want to throw Matthias Farley in there, he was an athlete. Um, I don't think he's ever going to play receiver, so I think it's fair to put him there. And he plays in the pros of that position. Might help, too. Josh Atkinson, Jalen Brown, Devin Butler, and Rashad Kinlaw. Noah Boykin, Tariq Bracey, who I also think is a better athlete than, uh, than a lot of the guys I just named. DJ Brown, uh, someone named Julian Love. And then if you want to include Bennett Jackson's recruiter as a wide receiver, but he was probably a developmental yeah. player you could so see a, a ra- you know, rarely does a three-star emerge as right. a real quality corner, Julian Love being the exception. I think, I think Caleb Offord's skill set is definitely four-star. I, I get why he's listed three-star because – not everybody can be listed four yeah, star. Exactly, it's like, but I can't all be playoff contenders, right? But I think his cornerback skill set le- puts him leaning in in that direction. Um, just kind of trying to move on a little bit here with recruiting new Xavier Watts. Notre Dame's waiting to hear from him. They're very hopeful. They got the uh, verbal commitment from twenty twenty one tight end Kane Barong, who when I saw in person at Irish Invasion, I, he's standing there talking to Cole Komet. I said. I think he's six two and a half. He didn't look anywhere near the size. Cole of a Cole. No, he's a big. Du- he's a big dude. Then I watched a ton of film of Kane Barong, and he's a really good. He is a really good football player. He's a very productive football player. They then subsequently offered Sam Hart, another tight end in that class. I think that'll be Nordame's two tight ends in that class: Kane Barong and Sam Hart. Hart was surprised that he had been offered, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so. I don't know you guys have any P you have anything to add to the state of uh, recruiting no, affairs at this moment? I I one I didn't get to see Kane Barong work out um but I heard what you what you saw. Yeah, it was, was like holy like, crap, why is he so small? 64. <laughs> um but yeah, he's he's uh, an athlete that a lot of schools wanted. I yeah, mean, he didn't he doesn't look yeah. like that on film, I didn't right. think. I not thought he looked bigger. And as O'Malley pointed out, not everyone looks like Cole. Kermit. No, they do not. Um <laughs> So at I think recruiting is in an interesting spot right now. You know, you, let's just assume they get Watts. Let's assume they get Caleb Offord. Um, they might be real close to being done because mm-hmm. it's difficult to look at the board and be like, all right, what's what's your next move there? They're not going to get Mitchell Melton, um, sort of the the guy that they hope to get to replace Braden McGregor. Um, they passed on Cody Simon, who committed to Ohio State. Um, you know, even like, uh, you know, I like I. Gilman, who committed to Washington State, that's he's off the board as well. Not that they were really pushing on that one, but it just you just look at the board at this point. It's like this is really close to being it. Um, you know, maybe Will Nixon in there too. Um, what I was told was basically Mitchell Melton and William Nixon, even though they are completely different players, are sort of like in for the same spot. Sort of that. Yeah. Next available, I mean, Brian Kelly said this in September when I asked, like, you know, do you always sort of take an extra defensive lineman? He's like, or a corner. Um, I think they have one, take one more guy, and it's, if they don't get Melton, then they can go to Nixon and be like, we want you, and I think that'll be I think, I mean, consider, they've done a lot of heavy lifting here in, in, you know, since the spring, and so I think it's okay to be at kind of an impasse at this point, and you can let players play their senior year, and maybe you Mm -hmm. have some other avenues to go. With a handful of spots, so I think they've 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 done a really nice job. Did it all transpire exactly the way they wanted down the stretch? McGregor obviously not, and McMillan obviously not, and some other corners as well. Clark yeah, I Phillips, think it, but I think that just the vibe is like it kind of lost a little steam. 
in the last couple of weeks for how good June mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Um, I think it sort of went out like, ah, you know, McMillan well, off, Henning off, um, Lathan Ransom probably not. Um, that's that's you, really disappointing. You know, I think like four months ago we would have looked at it as like they had a chance to have a class that rivaled 2013 and now they don't. Yeah. Um, so that, that I think if you're a Notre Dame fan is yeah. like kind of like, eh. A couple other topics I'd like to hit before we go to segment two. Georgia loses wide receiver Jeremiah Holloman. That now means that they haven't lost four of their top five pass catchers from last year. They've lost all five, not including running backs. And that's a, I mean, that's a big blow, man. Five of your top five receivers. I know Georgia has talent. They've got a very good quarterback of Jake Fromm. But that's just something to keep in mind as we start looking ahead to week three of, of this fall. Notre Dame has talent, too, at wide receiver. But if you just said, well, they're not going to have Miles Boykin, yeah. Chris Fink, or Chase Claypool, or Cole Kometter, LSA Mack, <laughs> they'd still have some talent, but it's not as good. No, no doubt. No doubt. Um, I also did want to bring up... Um, the most recent first-rate story I did on defensive line, and we were wondering the last time, and I didn't go back and check all of them, but the last time Notre Dame finished number one on that list with Notre Dame and its 12 opponents. In the summer, I I, I bet 2012 was behind Michigan State. I remember that Michigan State having a really yeah. top-tier defensive line. Now, at the end of the year, Mich- Notre Dame was clearly the best yeah. defensive line among its opponents. And last year, they might have been the best defensive line among its opponents. Michigan also. Um, Notre Dame was the best defensive line in that game. Uh, but man, Michigan. Yeah, and that's without Jerry Tillery. And I'm not saying the Notre Dame's t- tackles are accomplished. They have a lot to prove. Uh, the tackles have a lot to do with how the linebackers play as well. And the linebackers will be, you know, very young. But uh, the depth of the depth of talent and productivity at defensive end is unprecedented at Notre Dame since Frank Leahy. They wouldn't have had one because back when you were doing it during the Weiss era, even when they had in '05 and '06 when they had the veterans and everything, there was USC. Yeah, right. So right. this yeah. is literally right. this chance right. in 2012 are the right. only chances. So, and I think I had them number three with offensive line. My point being, the strength of Notre Dame's team. How dare you put them on Michigan's offensive line? Yeah, I know, line. I know. But it's saying something that, like, they're number one now, but they were better last year. Yes, it is. You know? Yeah. Well, I, it, that says a lot about the upcoming opponents. Right. I mean, because Michigan lost Winovich and, and, yeah. uh, and Gary as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good sign. You're, both your lines are among the best on your schedule, and I think that's a good thing. Last thing I want to hit, uh, Cormac Ryan waited until I was sitting in a campfire <laughs> by a woods to announce literally. Just sitting there roasting marshmallows. Roasting marshmallows. That's, that's, what you, that's what Tim Priester does by campfires. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I wash those marshmallows down too. Um, he, the Cormac Ryan, for those that don't know who the heck we're talking about, he's a 6'5 combo guard. He was at Stanford. He was a number 61-rated uh, player in the country last two years ago for 24-7 sports. He's, uh, tra- he's left Stanford, and he's coming to Notre Dame. He'll have to sit out the year. He's a good player. He's a He is potentially a really excellent shooter with good size at 6'5". I think he's got some quickness. He handles the ball well. He's got some ups. He's a pretty good athlete. He's very thin. Uh, he didn't shoot it great last year, but I think that his release and everything indicates that he can. And so I don't. I know Notre Dame's pretty excited about him joining the group. As I sort of read more about him, I'm like, how did they not get him the first time? Right. <laughs> With the, yeah, like, exactly. It's like the same AU program as Pat Connaughton. Um, yeah, that's just a... Does he remind you of Pat Connaughton? No. Okay. Um, no, he definitely doesn't. But it just it's like a guy that is in Notre Dame's program at all times. Yeah, and you know the difference between, if you want to contrast Ryan with losing a guy this year in the offseason, I'm going to say that if someone has the ball in the opposite wing and your man goes and doubles, Ryan will probably cut and get a layup. 
Yeah. Unlike, uh, unlike DJ Harvey. The, unlike DJ right, Harvey. Monitored had, for a whole game and didn't move four feet without the ball the entire who had, game. Who had nine assists in ACC play. Yeah. By the way, I I'm going to be I, writing Ryan Cormack many, many times. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much every time I refer to a movie, Ryan Cormack. Yes. He, and yes, he is definitely the first Cormack in the history of Nordic football or yeah. basketball. I can I can definitely vouch for that. But uh, no, he's a good player. We'll see. He'll have to sit out a year. Uh, but I think it's funny that you'd say how they how, how they not get this guy yeah, the I first mean, time because he's not like you're like wait a minute like wasn't yeah. he already on the team? No. <laughs> uh, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt about it. All right, well we'll be back. Segment two, burning up the boards. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, Burning Up the Boards. And Burning Up the Boards is brought to you by Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest vacation rental company. With 1,000 weekend home rentals close to Notre Dame Stadium available for Fighting Irish Game Days, Irish Illustrated readers and listeners can get $100 off their booking with the promo code IRISH2019. Our first question comes from at WG Pennington. Who are some of the freshmen that are standing out in summer strength and conditioning? I mean, the, one, the one in particular that I heard was Isaiah Foskey because he had showed up and was physically much more put together than I think the staff expected. When they signed him, the expectation was that he would probably redshirt almost certainly because he was so raw. I mean, this is, I think people need to remember him. He was a athlete prospect more than a defensive end prospect. And you don't just show up at Notre Dame and be like, of course I know how to play defensive hmm. end at a high level. And also the depth chart is really good. Yeah. But as somebody who maybe can help on special teams for four games or less, I think Foskey probably has has moved up, and then Kyle Hamilton is, is obvious. I mean, it's you once you once you start clearing forty inches on your vertical jump and broad jump. I think his broad jump was uh, ten feet nine inches. Um, no, it was definitely less than eleven. Approaching Boykin yeah. level as an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, He'll do something. I don't know what it will be, but, I mean, the fact that the coaches would even mention the prospect of playing offense to him um, shows what they think of him. 42 in, I think, was it officially yeah. a 42-inch vertical jump for Kyle Hamilton? So he st- stands out first and foremost. Irish Illustrated heard the same thing about Isaiah Foskey. Uh, I'm surprised to hear that because he was thin when I evaluated him in his All-Star game. So he's come a long way. Um, some of the other guys we've heard good things about, and I, I, I want to start with this guy because I think we all had him low on our list. Cam Hart, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently he's looked uh, good to that. I don't want to overstate any of this. It's just some names that were thrown our way. J.D. Bertrand, who we weren't even sure was going to be on scholarship a few months ago. But that kind of makes sense for Mike Linebacker. I, I think he flows the ball well, and that's that's a good position for him. And... We continue to hear about Howard Cross um, as a guy that is very heavy-handed. He's got long, long arms. He's quick off the snap. Uh, it's a log jam there, but he's got a chance to, to maybe play a little bit this fall. Especially with the four-game rule. The four games of snaps for Howard Cross inside is just a complete luxury to have to save 
guys you cannot afford to lose inside because they're they're not deep inside until Spears and Franklin are back or one of them is right. back. So and, four mean, games th- across helps Spears and Franklin. I think for, I, Pete, I don't know if you've heard or Tim, you've heard uh, uh, Franklin and and uh, Spears are pretty much good to go. I have not heard that, but I haven't really asked about it either. Okay. Um, I I am skeptical of Spears really being ready um, after you know missing all of winter workouts essentially yeah. with the the ACL, um, which is fine for a freshman defensive tackle. Yeah, but good um, to go also means when especially when Brian Kelly yeah, I mean, in turn, physically I, ready to go no, practice. Like, yeah. 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 Physically ready to go out and condition, right? Strength sure. and condition. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's good what I mean. That'll buy that. yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and Bertrand is another guy that I've heard good things about. Um, I think more of it is a mentality thing with him, though. He's essentially a, kind of a football junkie, football nerd type guy, where he just wants to study the playbook all the time, and it comes very quickly to him. Um, I've heard from somebody on staff that he reminds them of Joe Schmidt, which people will absolutely freak out about and take the wrong way. <laughs> but it's a compliment. It's a because huge compliment. he just gets what they're trying to do early on. Um, is he going to play right away? Probably not. Um, but he's probably another guy that is going to be at least a four-game contributor on yeah. special teams. And, look, it's not like Notre Dame's linebacker situation is, this, is like the world's greatest right now. There's an opportunity for guys to come in and – you know, Bertrand, I I think he will warrant a look in in the first week of camp and the staff be like, could he? Maybe. Yeah. Well, let's let's see, and then we'll make a decision halfway through. See the gap, hit the gap, make the tackle. Like Greer Martini. If you can do that, in. Mm-hmm. Greer Martini walked in. Now they did they weren't deep, but Greer Martini walked in and they said, Oh, he's got to play this year. They looked at him and said, and Josh Adams yeah. is the same guy. They looked at him right away and said, he's going to help somehow this year. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't know Josh Adams was going to have to start at times because there are about four running backs deep at the point. But that's what that's what they're looking for, too. I mean, if Bertrand beats out anyone in the two deep, he's a very good player. Because these two deep guys aren't going to backslide that much in August. I mean, you expect Lamb and Ken Marquise to be able to compete for that starting spot. And you would expect the loser to play. Lamb is going to play on third down, which I don't know if that impacts at all that you don't want a guy playing 80 snaps as a redshirt freshman. So perhaps you have to do a little bit of yeah. a job share at yeah. first and second down. But, yeah, if a guy like Bertrand can help, this four-game rule is great. I do think we throw it around like it's easy to play a guy four games, though, because he's got to be up at varsity and, play, and playing with you and be up there, right. and then you have to right. decide to send him back down. Well, and, as we, and as we always say, we'll go, to, we'll go to Culver, and we'll be there for five minutes and say, he can't play. He can't play. Like right, at least right now, he can't play. Not, I mean, it's right now that, it does it's work. That, it it's does. that immediate yeah. that you see, and it's like all the things that you thought for month after month after month were just dispelled by watching that guy for the last thirty seconds. There's a lot of truth to that. Not every guy. There is the freshman. You're saying the, the new guys. The new there guys are a handful yeah. of guys where you immediately say people, that dude's not going to help. People are always like, "Don't jump to conclusions." No, <laughs> we're we're jumping to like the right spot. Right. A couple other freshmen, and we'll move on to the next question. Jack Kaiser again remains uh, very high on Notre Dame's possibilities in the fall. Brendan Clark's throwing the football well. Clark, that in Clark and of his muse, Jack Kaiser. Is that fair? Kind of, yeah. I mean, he's, he clearly has liked Jack Kaiser, and obviously Jack Kaiser's doing some very impressive things. Brendan Clark's throwing the ball well. To me, that means his very short, compact throwing motion has made him accurate. I don't know that we have anything to say beyond that. Um, we've kind of heard conflicting things, I guess, about K.J. Wallace, good and bad, but we all knew that he was quick and 
and uh, you know a guy that can that, that could be able to influence that position a, a little bit as well. Um, let's move on. Second question at Coach underscore Lolly. Have you heard anything about the inside linebackers and their developments since spring ended? Any chance a younger linebacker might surpass Asmar Balauer, Jordan Jenmar Keith by Louisville kickoff? That- Possible. Yes. yes. Certainly Jack Lamb can surpass Jordan Jenmar Keith, but that's why I brought it up. Well, previously. I think he really already has. I do too. You wonder, though, if he's on third down, Jack Lamb can't play 80 snaps like no. Tony and Tranquil did. They couldn't play 80 snaps. So at some point. We well, can't bury Jordan Jenmar Keith right now, but no. at some point he's got to play a no, little bit. No, I mean, football. I just think that right now Jack Lamb's a starter, and if that if that means you bring in, you don't just bring in Jordan Jenmar Keith on first down no, or certain no, no. rundowns. Yeah, that's a, I guess, you, you know what, he has to be subbed out at some point, and you're not going to sub him out if he's your best third down linebacker. Right. So he'd be subbed out right. for a series or two on first down. Um, I mean, I did get I did get positive feedback about Uusu Koromoa, Lamb, and, and Shane Simon, physically Shane Simon looking very good with he always has though it's a matter of be, being able to to pick up the mike linebacker position and and be productive what about what's that we on our countdown and counting down to the number one player we ranked going back and look at some of the quotes from shane simon shane simon's quotes post game blue goal game i think pete asked him you know is it kind of coming naturally he's like no no <laughs> it's not it's all it's all a learning yeah. process because he yeah. went from rover to buck to I mean, mike it's one of those things, shane simon if he beat out Asmar Bilal in September, it would not shock me. If J.J. Bertrand passed him, also wouldn't surprise me. Like, I, I have no idea where his, that kid's career is going. I don't now. either, but I still stand by the, the reasoning that I want Asmar Bilal to win the job. I want him to go out and win. I mean, don't you? It would if be, he goes uh, out and clearly yeah. wins the job in August, you've got... Oh, the, wins it. Not like we're fed a line of, oh, yeah, he was no, the best. No, no. Okay, I mean, mean cl- he's legitimately yeah. wins yes, yes. the job. You have a fifth-year senior playing his best football right now. That's who I want to win the job. Yeah. I don't legitimately I, win the job. But yeah, I agree yeah. with both of you. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that that's going to happen. I think he will start against Louisville as Marbleau. I think he will too. Mm-hmm. I think the percentages favor yeah. him certainly. At AJ Smith, twenty twenty one, Phil Steele has Michigan number three and Utah number eight in front of Notre Dame at number nine on the defensive line rankings. So my official question is, what the H? <laughs> not, I mean, I, not his official question. I don't. But I, it. I don't get Michigan at number three. But I also think that if Michigan was six and Oregon was nine, that would be fine. I, <laughs> I don't. Well, okay, let's put. Oh, this I read one. this wrong. This is their official ranking, not the defensive line ranking, because I have a what the no no for, oh no 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 official ranking. Okay, because Oregon's number eleven in the defensive line ranking, and Phil Steele, and that's my what the H. Oh, I don't understand how in the world that is the thing. Oh well, that's just that's wrong. That's just, <laughs> it's just wrong. Notre Dame. Exactly. I mean, Notre yeah. Dame's defensive line Incorrect. is. Is now Michigan Utah's defensive line is in front of Notre Dame's too. Michigan has some bodies with experience. They have a transfer from Central Michigan. If you read last week's first rate on the defensive line, uh, Mike Dana, who had uh, nine and a half sacks last year, Central Michigan. So they've got some. They've got some players there. Why is Michigan number three and Notre Dame's number nine? I don't know because Michigan's good too. I, I realize that they struggled at the end of last year, but. Um, you know who cares? Whatever. I mean, I just don't. I just don't see it as a, as an issue. Michigan should be good this year. Notre Dame should be good this year. Oh, but can you? You O'Malley has Phil Steele's. Could you give me the his top ten teams? I have uh, yet to make my trip to Barnes and Noble. Actually, I did, but they did not have Phil Steele yet, which was very disappointing. Well, I look for it for bad radio. Now I have to go back Re- to the mall. Remember that Quentin Nelson was the number twenty two rated guard entering his senior year. Yeah, that, there are twenty two guards. Basically, that's a, that's a different person that rates that for him, just yes. for the record. It has to be, because power poll. Alabama's number one. 
Clemson's number two. Go ahead, Tim. Georgia three, LSU four, Michigan five, Ohio State six, Oklahoma seven, Florida, A&M, Auburn, Utah, Oregon, and Notre Dame, and Michigan State. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't understand why Michigan would be more highly thought of this year than last year. That's my, that's my only lo- thing. Right. That's considering what they lost uh, defensively. Will they be better offensively this year than last year? Yeah, I guess so, but they lost their running backs too. I, I, I guess I don't get it, and I, I, I know where you're coming from, A.J. Smith, 2021. I just don't care because I just don't think it matters. Yeah, it's. I mean, to me, Michigan at four, or five is just a byproduct of their schedule and the schedule. who they play, where they play them. You know, they get Notre Dame at home, they get Michigan State at home, they get it feels uh, still really Ohio, schedule Ohio State at home. They have to go to Penn State, um, but that's not you know Trace McSorley uh, right. and that yeah that's just kind of a little bit of a rebuild there. So I I don't know. It's like after Clemson, Alabama. Georgia, somebody has to be filling out the top 10, and I just don't think there's a big difference between 5 and 15. And regarding Utah, he has Utah's defensive line as number one, so considering they have a number one defensive line in the country, you could be a top 10 team. But you're sure. playing the Pac-12 or Pac-12 instead of all the other teams. Yeah, you have to play. I haven't looked at Utah, but I'm sure that now. they have. I'm sure, one, well, yeah, I'm sure it's, they have veteran defensive tackles. Notre Dame doesn't. Yeah, and honestly, like they'll. Michigan's, that's going to be a really hard game, but Pete, you point out one thing. Penn State isn't Penn State that they were. It does help Notre Dame that Michigan plays at Penn State before that oh, game. No that's, that's a big... That, Penn State affects Notre Dame this year in that way. Even if they're not any good, they're going to be yeah. pretty good for that game against they, Michigan. I think Michigan is an understandable four... If they're if they're four-point favorites or five-point favorites going into that game, I totally get it. If yeah. you're just for three points at home, and then maybe they're just like a point or two better, that's fine. I You know, it's like... I think Notre Dame and Michigan are incredibly similar teams this year. I do too. I think I people jump that. at seeing Michigan number three. That's what I. That's yeah. what I think is the real thing. At CJ Natchigal, which of the current commits are looking at early enrollment? How hard does the staff try to persuade players to do so? I know of four. I don't know how certain they are beyond those four, and that's um, two offense and two defense. Quarterback Drew Pine, tight end Michael Mayer, Aaronsberger a defensive end, and, and Riley Mills a mm-hmm. defensive tackle. There are others. There will be others because they've had in the last two years seven and ten. When Do you I went, know? Uh, when you I know went what? to St. Louis, Jordan Johnson said no. So okay. I mean, beyond that, I'm not. Yeah. If, I'm not going to get. It's like if, if Riley Mills is an interesting one, um, just based on how physically put together he is. Um, when you see him in person do football things, it's just incredibly impressive. Um, I, w- I would be surprised if he didn't come in and put pressure on whoever is in front of him yeah. on the depth chart immediately. Um, you know, whether that's Howard Cross or Hunter Spears, uh, probably won't be Jacob Lacey just based on they're not built similarly at all. But I Riley Mills as the backup three technique as a true freshman in part because the early enrollee I think is really on the table. So his early enrollee is the most important to you. Yeah, that would be a big, I mean, Jordan Johnson would be really important, um, but he is not planning to be here. So it's not important to the player himself and to the position. And this is where I think they must try to have conversations with you unless you're an all state basketball player is Drew Pine, the quarterback. They want the quarterback in early. Everyone yeah. has to have a quarterback in early these you know, days it's, if it's, he's going to compete. Mills, uh, who I who I love as a three technique, but was listed as a strong side defensive end. You know, when he comes in, 
Khalid Kareem will be gone. Now it's uh, Okendeje and and others. Maybe that maybe that's a quicker way to get him on the field too with with MTA and, still and Jason Adam Malola three technique. They're still looking good. I mean, if if the staff is right about wanting Jameer Jones back because he'll be a 22 year old backup right. strong side defensive yeah. end, and you also have Osafa Mensa there if Foskey is going to remain yeah. at drop. I mean, there, there's some. Talent it is unbelievable. There it, right it's, inc- yeah. it's incredible how much talent Notre Dame has at defensive end. Question from, from Terry Benedict, and I'm not sure if he's serious or not, but. Uh, Jeff Samarja equal Jay Brunel. Good player comparison or not? No. He was kidding. He was kidding from a thread on the board where they went for many pages. Um, I mean, Samarja's body type and kind of raw athleticism is the best way to say it, right? Samarja was a ridiculous athlete at 6'5". When he would go after a ridiculous football athlete at 6'5", when he would go after the ball, just someone pull up the Purdue catch. This yeah. ridiculous, re- remarkable oh, yeah. diving, one-handed catch, the Pittsburgh catch to start his career off. There's so many plays. The UCLA play. The UCLA. There's so many things about Jeff Samarja that we, we cannot compare to other Notre Dame wide receivers. Um, the only comparison in this class that matters to me, and it's accurate, and it's so, I thought it, you thought it, someone we know very well has said it, is Kyle Hamilton to Bobby Taylor. Because when you say that, and it's not off base, pretty right. excited. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just don't see... I just don't think of Jay Brunel like Jeff Samarja, and I and I think I, I, wrote, many guys as Jeff I don't Samarja. know if I wrote it in his story. I think it was in a thread on on the uh, message board. But you know, I think of Raymond McKnight, just physically built, kind of like that. Um, now Raymond McKnight had twenty two touchdowns and one hundred seventy receptions, and I don't think Jay Brunel will be that successful. I think Jay Brunel can be a contributing right. receiver I to this program. I, there, I don't. I think he can be that kind of player. I don't think of Jeff Samarja uh, unless you're telling me to name white receivers in Notre Dame, and then I, I guess I would name him. So but not, other than so that, you're not seeing a record-breaking receiver who then plays 15 years in the in Major League Baseball. No, I, I do not. not. I do not, not see that. I do not see that. J Law one. Looking at the new facility going up, it looks like the program will be closer to others in terms of buildings. But as per Pete's interview with Swarbrick, they still need some things. I'm curious what other improvements in infrastructure maybe next. I mean, a lot of it is uh, will be academic recovery and training table, um, but the order would be academic training table recovery. Um, you know, when I, when I sat down with Swarbrick the other week, when he, when he was talking about academic spaces, like. Like, what? Because um, I was just like, can't you just study anywhere? Uh, and he says, like, if you walk around the Goog on the weeknights, there are guys sitting on the ground in the hallway reading or trying to study because the, the rooms are being used for other guys studying, and it's, you know, tutors are in there, and you can't concentrate. So I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get what you're saying. Um, training table, obviously, is, is a must. Uh, and then recovery, I think they'll sort of adjust as they go, but... I I was definitely struck. And I don't know if this came through in the Q and A or not, but um, I was struck by a, the lack of like we need this right now from Swarbrick about those things. Um, and I I think that Kelly was as he would be. He's like an agent for the football team here. It's like we need this right now because that's how you get stuff done. Um, but I think Swarbrick looked at it as more like, look, we redid the weight room. Uh, you know, we're doing some other things with football. We will get to this other stuff, but. Let's get this indoor facility open before we move on to the next thing. Jim underscore Booney underscore CRS. After missing on Jalen McMillan, Lathan Ransom, Clark Phillips, and A.J. Hanning, who is the most important player left on Notre Dame's board? 
I mean, practically speaking, is Xavier Watts, right? Um, but since Mitchell Milton was not included in this question, I'd probably go him just based on the always had a defensive lineman rule. Yeah, that's um, a great rule. But it's probably, you know, for realistic purposes, it's probably Xavier Watts. Are you assuming Offords in? Uh, I mean, or no. You, or would you, should no, you I, choose Watts ahead of Offords? I would probably too? still do Watts um, just because I think that the discussion about Watts around the program was holy crap, this guy is really impressive, speed, everything we want. Whereas Offord was like, after we evaluated him, we really like him, yeah. we'll take him. I think it's like the, the, the coaches are more excited about Yeah, Watts. I got you. I, I, to me, I'd just say Offord, Offord defense, Watts offense, because sure. I, I, re- I really like Offord. I think he's got all the tools to be a really good corner. B.L. Caspern, can coaches and players watch film together during the summer months? I know they can't practice together, but I'm not sure about sitting in a room and going over film and talking out everything. I, I, you know, I don't know exactly, Pete, do you know exactly yes. what, I mean, yes, they can. Yeah. I don't know exactly if there are limitations on it or anything I, like that. I think if the players stop by and say, hey, coach, mm-hmm. I want to look at film. I mean, I recently talked with Elson about that and yeah. he said, um, you know, he said Kareem and Okwar just came by and they talked about a different technique to, you know, help avoid missing these mm-hmm. sack opportunities and they're working on a different techniques. So, I, I mean, I think, I guess that's all fair game. Tillery did it. All last year, yeah. Um, you know, Alizé Mack did it as well. So I don't want it to be like, well, if you're watching is film, it, then like, right? Is there any limitation? Is there any limitation on it? I'm not aware of it. I think if it's there like, is. If you just want to have a life outside, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because if, if you think about it, there's. I mean, if you're always going to go to barbecues at coaches' houses and stuff like that, that would just be right. a, a front for watching film if there was a limitation on it, right? right. So there, there must not yeah. be. That's and they're not doing that. I'm saying sure. that that would be something. You know, to, the limitation is how much you want to do it, yeah. right? And guys, and that's exactly it because guys like Tillery and Kareem and Okwara. I mean, Tillery wanted to become a professional football player, and he set about doing it, and he did. And he's got two guys now, you know, at defensive end that want to do the same thing. I think it was last spring. I uh, talked talking to Mike Mike Elson at a press conference with uh, reporters. It's an odd thing to see. But he said that, yeah, you know, we just finished practice. It's our eighth practice, and they have everything we worked on downloaded to their iPads for them. And they go back to their dorms, and they choose how much time they want to look at everything on there. Right. It, it, it's the same thing as going with the coaches. I mean, it, it's available to you. <coughs> Some people won't pick up the iPad until the next practice, and that's why when we say, <laughs> how come these guys don't make any headway, and why isn't he starting? That's why. <laughs> Those guys, it's serious. Now, theoretically, it's, there's a time limit during the season each week. But yes, yes. That is, there is a rule for that. Yes. Uh, but summer, I don't, I don't think so. At J.J. Elwine, uh, with 2020 recruiting nearly a wrap, who are the big-name 2021 recruits to get excited about that Notre Dame has a legit shot at? I know Landon uh, Tangwell, offensive tackle from Olney, Maryland, where Notre Dame's making a lot of trips these days, is right at the top. I've heard some things about Rocco Spindler, uh, the son of Mark Spindler, for those that are old enough to remember that beast of a human being. Um, and he has a high school teammate on an offensive tackle, Garrett Dellinger from Clarkston, Michigan. Uh, Nolan Ritchie, an offensive lineman from Pennsylvania. Elliot Donald from Pittsburgh. Lorenzo Styles is a name that certainly popped out a few times. Wide receiver out, out of Pickerington, Ohio. Pickerington, Ohio, home of? Eiler Hardy. Good job. Thank yes. Pass the test. Taco Charlton. Yes. Oh, yes. Taco Ooh, Charlton, too. Wow. Too. <laughs> um, you got anybody else? How about a guy that'll make a play? Not Notre from Dame. Pickerington, Ohio. No. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what happens with uh, Emeka Ibuka from Washington, sort of outside Seattle, Tacoma area. 
I mean, I think he's a guy Notre Dame's sort of interested in. Top, I mean, he's a top ten player. I think Washington would probably be the uh, easy front runner there. But um, I mean, Lorenzo Styles, I think is yeah. is a pretty interesting guy. I mean, look, it's I mean, it's worth noting they have you know Blake Fisher and Gabriel Rubio committed because those are I I like both of those guys mm-hmm. a lot. Um, you know, Ru- Rubio reminds me. Not quite as impressive as Riley Mills, um, but similarly, he's a good player, man. Together. And you think about it, we're talking about a, we're watching film of a kid at age fifteen yeah. and sixteen for crying out loud. I mean, it's when you think of it in those terms, it's pretty astonishing. Tyler Buckner is pretty good too. He is good. I like I, Tyler Buckner a I lot. Th- I would be surprised at the end of next cycle if Tyler Buckner wasn't the guy that you know we were ranking the prospects. We all had number one. Maybe by maybe by a white mark. I hesitate with quarterbacks. I will never do with quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> I hesitate with quarterbacks. But, but get on board. But I get what you, I definitely get what you're saying. I would say one other guy, the top safety on the board that appears to be interested in our name is Derek Davis Jr. from Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Our friend from Twitter. We like these questions coming in. It's been a while. At psully two two six. Please compare Notre Dame players to different kinds of fireworks. Who is a Roman candle? Who's a sparkler? And please provide your reasoning, <laughs> which is the best part of the entire thing. <laughs> Show your work, in other words. Well, the, the Roman candle of the freshman class is definitely Kyle Hamilton. Fair enough. I agree. Sparklers, you know who we think are sparklers. <laughs> We've been talking about it since <laughs> spring. You know what we think. Three years of sparkler. What about the, <laughs> the light-up light snake thing that just, like, is like... Boy, that's, is that is that's is that worse than a sparkler? I think yeah, that's so, lesser than a sparkler. Yeah, it's definitely, it's it's the bottom of the barrel. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I well, maybe can we wait until August? Oh, I think yeah, because so I know it. early July fourth will have passed at that point. This question <laughs> that's all right. PSLE two twenty six. We can always count on him. I see gold staff choice for the Jonas Gray slash Miles Boykin breakout senior. And in parentheses, I see gold list. Please say Dante Vaughn or Sean Crawford. I will say, quickly look at the two guys he said. Miles Boykin in the spring of his senior year, all the staff talked about was how good Miles Boykin was. Yeah. It was Miles Boykin and the other receivers. Then we saw the same thing in August. Mm-hmm. Jonas Gray had a really good spring. Um, that's when they had to bring in Tyler Plants to be a third running back off of Soren Hall's football team. But And Jonas Gray was starting to talk to us in August. You were certain he was going to be an important player. It actually took too long to get him in there. I don't know who that guy would be of the senior class. There's nothing comparing to Boykin I've, in terms of like what we see. I've got see. one. It's Tommy Kramer. And if you can have a breakout season as a guard, I think that he's the guy that is most likely to have a breakout season. He, and he's somebody the staff has talked about extensively during spring ball. Uh, he's played a bunch of football. I wouldn't say he's played a great football. But he's got a chance to have a great senior year. I think his best football is in the spring. I don't think he has played really, really good football. In, yeah, in no, big I, games, I would agree with that. I, I wanted to mention this in segment one, but it was running long. And, and I did a uh, uh, most improved. This is actually a twenty four seven sports question that I built into a bigger story. But most improved returning starter. I, I ended up my one through five was Comet one. Claypool, two, three was uh, Eichenberg, then Kramer, then Bilal. If I could pick one, I would pick Bilal to be number one, the most improved. But as we said earlier, we we just don't have that confidence right now. Um, So your breakout seniors? Yeah, I'd have Eichenberg. Okay, breakout senior year, yeah, he's a senior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that Eichenberg, if in terms of the value to the program, I would 
I would probably put Bilal one, Eichenberg two, Kramer three. I just think Kramer's right, right, the right. guy who's going to right, actually right, do right. it. Right, right, right. I agree. I, I mean, I, well, I think I think Komet's going to have the biggest yeah. breakout of all the returning. He's, he's a, a junior. He's a junior, though. I, yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. the the I think, the concept for the story was returning starter, and Komet actually uh, started seven games. They must have started a lot of two tight ends. Here's here's where I am with Cole Komet. When I have questions about like breakout players and people are Cole Komet, I'm like, he's already broken out. Like in my mind, <laughs> in your mind, so he has. He, yeah. You cannot include him. He is not there. 15, yes, 15, yeah. He has yet to score a touchdown <laughs> in a Notre Dame uniform. I think, so he needs to break. I mean, out. I think Claypool is the easy choice for who will have a great year. But I don't. I feel like he's already well, had pretty good. He years. caught he caught fifty. Yeah, right. He caught yeah, fifty. But where he needs to break out is scoring touchdowns. He only had four. He 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 might need more than Boykin scored, which was eight. I think Kramer can grow the most out of Kramer Eichenberg because I rated Eichenberg higher than Kramer last year. If that's a fair way of looking at it, I thought Kramer was the fourth and a half best lineman last year. Fifth and a half. Well, he kept lo- he lost, <laughs> including Bars. He lost but, his yeah, starting I, job. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't think he, but I, I do think he looked different in the spring. And I, I saw you. I didn't talk to him. I watched the interview. After the yeah. Blue Bowl game, he just no, he was great. Yeah, he acknowledged was great. everything and be confident about Absolutely. everything. Absolutely, he said and, yeah. that there. You know, I was, I was pulling and leading a run, and the running back was running into me. I had to get, <laughs> I had to get quicker, and he did. So that's good. DLC Irish. While the off season is the best time to build optimism, please entertain this pessimistic, pessimistic <laughs> question. <laughs> Only here. Which unit is most likely to cost Notre Dame a game this year? Linebackers, cornerbacks, quarterback, or special teams? Uh. I would go linebackers one, corners two, special teams three, and quarterback four. I think all of linebacker, cornerback, and special teams could contribute to Notre Dame losing one of their marquee games this year at the same time, especially in Athens. Yeah, do you lose a game with that make one sense? position? I don't know that ever really happens, but I understand where DLC um, Irish is coming from. <clears throat> the Cotton Bowl? Well. That, that, I mean, the corner play was not good. It was not. Yeah, the offense yeah. scored three points. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I was actually thinking of somebody else oh, when you said that. So I mean, I you're, can't, you're right, you're right. Yeah, but I, was I hear you, guy. but yeah. unless they were going to shut Clemson out, then <laughs> it didn't true. really. <laughs> yeah, you guys are right. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I would say, wow, geez, linebackers are involved in so many snaps. I guess I'd have to say them first. I think something will happen at corner, whether it's, and we have heard, I have heard good things about Dante Vaughn, like, He's healthy, his approach, his attitude, his energy, all those are real positive. You heard Sean Crawford was full speed. Sean Crawford's full speed, so I think something will happen there at corner. Uh, I mean, geez, can't we easily see a missed kick costing them a, That's the a, thing. a close game? A lot of talent at corner if the guys are back and if Griffith can get better. Um, the special teams is just, we got to go to, you got to kick. You got to punt out of your own end zone in Athens and Ann Arbor. You got to hit a pressure kick in Athens and Ann Arbor. I'm going special teams. Yeah, I think they're just going to go for it. In the <laughs> fourth and well, ten, and, of the and, ten. Yeah. and including quarterback <laughs> yeah. in that, you know, does that mean that, that... your own ten? Oh, maybe, maybe not ten. <laughs> well, Ian Buck would do a quick kick. <laughs> if Ian Buck is a person that uh, quote unquote blows a game in this, Notre Dame's in trouble. They need somebody else to be the people. <laughs> they need Ian well, Book to play. I can see yes. I can see Book throwing interception at the end of the game, and they don't score the winning touchdown. Right. And people blame Book, even though the reason they were in that position was because of all the brilliant things that's, that Book did earlier. That's what I mean, Ian Book. So that's not causing a loss, but some people may interpret it that way. Last question from Not Jay Tafel One: How confident are you that Notre Dame will have a top twenty-five defense this season? Not that confident. Um, but I think they will have a top 25 defense, but I think it will be, like, number 24. So just, like, logically speaking, if you think they're going to be, like, 
the 24th best defense, you're not that confident they're going to be a top 25 defense. Yeah, they were top 25 in your what you just said your way in 2010, 2011. Um, higher than that in 2012 and 18, mm-hmm. and just out of it in 2017. I could, I mean, I think the defense can be as good as the 2017 defense that was there. Yeah, the whole time. Um, yes. I like you know. There's so many positions we like, and there's some we don't. So it's it's the fringe top twenty. And if they and if they're top twenty five, <laughs> then we'll be having conversations about what does Notre Dame need to do to be in the playoff race in November with one loss or something like that. And that's that's a good place to be. Notre Dame had the thirtieth total defense last year, so they weren't. Clemson in the top was included 29. though <clears throat> in that, right? Uh, it would be. Yeah, yeah. And they it, they had the number thirteen scoring defense. Like they were the number two defense going into the. Sugar Bowl, and then Alabama put them down to nine or something like right. that. Right, and a, I would I would think yards per play there were fourteenth last year. Okay, and I was going to, I was just going to say that I think they have a better chance of finishing in the top twenty five in scoring defense than they do in total defense. I was doing scoring defense, not total defense, because I never did the yards. Okay, yeah, okay. you're doing the old well, school. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, well, he said top twenty five yeah. defense. So yeah, I was thinking scoring. Yeah. No, and you should yeah. because bottom line that that is it. All right, it's July. We are back. We're going to be doing a podcast. Once a week, and starting today, July 1st, we'll be back again on Monday, July 8th. Thank you to Rent Like a Champion. We'll talk uh, with you folks again on Monday, July 8th. Thanks. It's time to start planning your trip to Notre Dame. Rent Like a Champion is South Bend's largest vacation rental company with over 1,000 weekend home rentals available close to Notre Dame Stadium. Head to rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated to get $100 off your booking when you use the promo code IRISH2019. That's rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated promo code IRISH2019.